0: The instructor podcast with terry cook talking with leaders innovators experts and game changers about what drives them
1: welcome to the instructor podcast really appreciate you listening as always i am your host terry cook and it's great to have you on board now today we've got a very special guest lined up Uh, we've got emma morgan who has come to talk all about agile coaching now before we dive into that i want to let you into a little secret I was super impressed with this episode because I know I'm pretty well, we collaborate together on some other stuff, and I'd never actually seen her in full-on work mode before. I'm mightily impressed, so you definitely want to listen for this one. There's some real gold in this one that we can take away and apply to our business, our lives, and as you'll find out, possibly even your dating life. But either way, that's the show. Now, just before we dive in, I'm going to ask you a favour because we're starting to wrap up season two now. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to head over to the instructorpodcast.com. Head over there and look on the feedback tab. Now, on that page, you'll find four polls, just four polls, And I'd love it if you could spend just 30 seconds ago and answer them for me. That's going to help me shape season three when we kick off again with that next year. We're not ending just yet. We've still got a few more shows to go this year, but that would really, really help me design season three, knowing what you guys like listening to the most. So that's the instructorpodcast.com forward slash feedback, or just click on feedback while you're over there. While you're over there, have a little nosy around. But either way, let's crack on with today's show. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast and this week I am joined by the mighty Emma Morgan. How are you Emma?
0: I'm good thank you, how are you?
1: Awesome, all the better to have you on board having a chat. Do you want to uh, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and a bit about what you do?
0: Yep sure, so I'm Emma and really like I'm coming here from a professional, well yeah I guess, yeah professional because we have a sort of separate kind of thing that we do which I'm sure we'll talk about later but today I'm coming to you as an agile coach which is what I do for a living and basically what change has happened is sorry going to completely geek out about projects but basically agile is a way of doing project management um, and I coach people how to do that better. I also have a, a claim that I can agilize anything and we can get into that. Um, I've got some examples that we can talk through today because basically Agile is about the process of taking things that feel big and overwhelming and making them smaller and manageable to do in its essence. So that's kind of me.
1: Almost like learning to drive.
0: Very much like learning to drive. And actually, one of the reasons why I like one of your other podcasts so much, 5-Minute Theory, is because it does exactly that. So when you are a learner driver as I am and you get handed this great big book and say, right, go do your theory test. you kind of look at it and go, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. But what I love about that podcast is it's five minute chunks and I can cope with that. I can cope with going, I'll do I'll spend five minutes today learning about this. And then sometimes what would also happen is because I can manage five minutes I can probably manage 10, 15 and 20 it, and it's perfect for that. So yes, very very agile is your podcast.
1: So without even trying, I agilized the theory test.
0: You did. You did. That's
1: pretty really cool. Uh, one thing you didn't mention there was uh, what I think is is brilliant. By the way, was the, the name that you've given yourself or been uh, assigned, which is Little Miss Agile.
0: It is. Yeah. So it's a name, a nickname that I got in one of my teams at work um, because I am evangelical about agile and i very much beat the drum and i'll always be like we need to be doing it right guys and we need to this is what agile says this is what agile theory says so please let's do it the right way so yes i am known as little miss agile and that is now my personal coaching name is little Miss agile so i can support people um with their own agile needs
1: awesome so one of the things that i'd like to bring that back to is specifically driving i think that when we look at teaching someone to drive, It it seems like this big, overwhelming thing, almost from a student and an instructor point of view. And what we do is we break that down into sections. So is that kind of like the same thing? So like on your first lesson, you might learn clutch control or you might learn how to move off and stop. And then your second lesson, you might look at left turn. I mean, I'm breaking that down, obviously, but is that essential agilizing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's taking that bigger concept and yeah, we'll use the term overwhelm quite a lot, I think, with things like that. But like in big corporate world, we think about massive changes that we're going to impart either on a part of the business or a a customer base or things like that. And it feels huge. So what we have to do is actually break that down into smaller deliveries and smaller pieces of work, and then people can get their head around doing it. Now, if I get in a car and and I think about the thing of I need to be able to understand how to completely. Manage this car, be able to drive it, be able to stop, be able to be safe, to know all the rules of the road. That is huge. But if I get into the car in my first lesson and I remember my first lesson was something along the lines of, by the end of this lesson, you will have started this car and brought it to a stop. And that was just about fine for me. And that was what we were going to cover and things like that. And then that gets my head into a space of, so if I can do that, then maybe I can move on to the next bit. So that incremental. Um, way of learning is very very agile um, in its way and I think that's also why it's more successful but I think it's also really useful to bring bringing in that theory test again that learning the theory really helps with learning to drive because once you understand rules of the road a little bit more for me that helps me kind of get into that mindset of well now I know what to apply when I'm driving as well it feels like one less thing so like again learning to drive being a complete beginner one of the things that overwhelmed me was is but I don't know what to do when I get to to a junction I don't know what it means if there's a stop sign or I don't know I don't know what the differences are I don't know what double lines mean and things like that so breaking it down so on my on my wall as you know I have a wall of post its under the learn to drive bit Theory test is there as one. Take up lessons is another. And um, research instructors and things like that. And it's also that other thing of, and I think that's why it's someone who wants to learn to drive might sit in deadlock for ages because it's such a huge process. So like my advice in for that sat that again, I want to learn to drive, but I don't know where to start. Just break down the tasks. And like, similarly, I really wanted to get into running last year and I really want to run a marathon one day. Now, where I'm at in my fitness level is like, can't get to the end of the road. And it just feels so huge. So actually, I took it back even further than that to just get myself started and out a door. I have a task for buy some new trainers, buy some kit, get an app that can help you and things like that. And it's almost like those smaller steps that help build you up towards the bigger steps that you need to take.
1: I That's almost removing a problem as well because like you said then about running for example there's always an excuse so for example the excuses oh, are no running shoes so if you make that one of those steps you buy your running shoes all of a sudden you've removed an excuse
0: yeah completely and it's also why apps like couch to 5k are amazing they're they're incredibly agile in that principle because um, the first one that you do is a walk. Then the second one, all you're going to do is run for 30 seconds and you're going to gradually build up. So before you know it, that you're running that 5K or you're running for 30 minutes. But agile is everywhere, Terry. And I'll I'll prove it throughout this conversation.
1: Yeah. And I would also suggest that if you are doing any form of agile breaking stuff down and whatnot, you, you kind of stick to it because when I tried running last year, I did the coach, uh, the 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 couch to 5K and I thought. I'm not that unfit. I've been doing some yoga. I'm going to go straight into week two. Yeah, that's not the best idea. Mm-hmm. I went jogging on or running on the moors and I just came back muddy, sweaty, <laughs> unable to move or breathe or anything. So that wasn't the... Uh, that wasn't the smartest idea. So, yeah, breaking it down into chunks. And I find it interesting as well that there's so much stuff when I speak to people from outside our industry that we, we bring into it and that we use without realising it. So, like you said, Don, the lessons are on the theory or whatever, or even on this business, which I want to get more into. But one of the things that I speak about a lot on this show with the instructor industry is there's the hesitancy sometimes to ask for help or hesitancy to pay for help. So why do you think, not necessarily instructors, but why do you think people should – use an agile coach rather than just because it let's be honest it sounds fairly simple i'll just break it down and do it so throw that over to you why should we use someone like yourself
0: yeah so it's a really it's a really fair shout and if there are other coaches listening to this they'll be rolling their eyes up probably because There's a lot of principles in coaching and sort of attacking overwhelm, which doesn't make agile anything special. But once you start, one thing that I think would be good for people in terms of going a bit deeper into agile is it isn't just about frameworks. It's not just about processes and things like that. There's also actually agile principles and agile values that if you if you go by them, they can also really help empower you a little bit. And the one that is always um forefront of my mind is sort of people and interactions over processes so that kind of reaching out to people feeling empowered and inspired to sort of um, ask for help ask for support or letting people know that you're not comfortable that's really agile in terms of its mindset as well and that's kind of the difference around just coaching which will will sort of utilize the same sorts of principles and actually when we're thinking about coaching we're also sort of getting people to find their own solutions so that's really good as opposed to teaching. what one of the things I've always said about what I regard you as an instructor is you are a coach not an instructor because you really do sit with people and help them get to solutions particularly with like um, blockages that they've got in terms of their mindset around their ability to be able to drive. So you don't instruct people, in my opinion, you de- you definitely coach people. And yeah, so there's, there's so much more behind Agile other than this sort of framework. There's like deeper principles that you can apply as well.
1: Yeah. I, I would also chuck in there that, it, it, like you mentioned running before, everyone knows how to run. Everyone knows how to lose weight but we still need help doing it a lot of the time. You know, we need to go and get a personal trainer or, you know, we can learn a foreign language by downloading an audio book, but it's easier if you go and get that teacher that can help you. So I think if you're looking to, you know, maybe grow a business and you're just looking at, oh, my God, I want to get from here to here, but you can't see the steps in between or your mindset's not right. I suppose coming to a, to someone like yourself, well, that would be brilliant. I think that just because you mentioned coaching a few times then, I want to ask you, what, what would your definition of a coach be? How would you define coaching?
0: Right, so coaching for me, so you kind of think about, you have teachers and teachers, it's where you get, to, they instruct. They teach, they have a set of theory and they go, this is how this should be done because this is the theory. Then you can have mentors where you can kind of go to them and they could go, well, when I did this, this worked for me, it might work for you and then you've got coaches now for me coaches is more about so how do you think you could do things differently and this is another sort of agile mindset that we will use so we do something called retrospectives so we reflect back we look at what was good what wasn't so good but then we go well what are we going to do differently in the future and I even use this with my son um, my son is four years old and when my son has um, made an error in judgment, shall we say, we have a chat about it. And I go, well, what are we going to do differently tomorrow? And it's that thing of, Coaches have to be able to sit with some awkward silences at times because what we shouldn't be doing is just pushing solutions onto people. We might kind of say, Well, there's this theory here, but there's also this idea. And maybe you'll dip your toe a little bit in mentorship and go, Well, I have experienced that, but we must never ever go, I think you should do this. It's got to come from the coachee, it's got to come from what they want to do. Let them apply it and then have that follow up conversation the next week to go, What were how are you finding things right what what should we do um, you have to constantly be allow people to do a word I love which is pivot
1: one thing I do want to ask you on that actually because as, as instructors there's there's kind of a, a, a change in the industry and we're going more towards coaching and, and we can never be a full coach because you know there are times we have to say don't crash into that bus or stop or whatever so there's always instruction involved but it's something that's largely trying to come in more with a lot of resistance, admittedly. So there are times I'll ask the students, okay, so what what would you do differently? Or we might say, what what do you want to work on stay or whatever? And we get the blank stare, or you get the, I don't know, or you get the, the other one, which is, well, are, you're the instructor, you tell me. How would you, because I'm guessing as a coach, you get that sometimes. So how would you handle that?
0: I think sometimes that's seen where the person's at, because actually... This is it's it's very similar. If you ever go for a form of therapy, it's quite exhausting. Actually, being a coachee can be quite exhausting for this reason that we're continually going to go, going to prod, going to prod, going to prod. But some days you have to also let the coach go. Do you know what? I haven't got any answers for you today. Could you just tell me? And I think in isolation that that's okay. But I think one of the other things that I've kind of done when I've coached teams is I go, it's fine. But just so you know, we're moving away from coaching and we're going either more into instructor mode or we're going towards um, mentor mode, which is fine. But for coaching to really work, it's so much more effective if you can come up with the answers. But it is difficult with driving because you've got to get it right. It's It's not a kind of, We'll give it a go. We'll give it a go driving on the right-hand side of the road, and <laughs> uh, and see what happens uh, and how that works out. But you can't, you can't really do that. So it's um, it's a fine balance, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I, that's the key word, balance, because I think that with instructors, I mean, you say we have to get it right. There's there's an element of of there's time, obviously we're not allowed to crash. That's the thing, but part of our role as instructors is to 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 put those students in a safe environment. So if you came for a lesson with me, our first lesson's not going to be on a motorway.
0: Mm-hmm. Even
1: if you want that, I'll find a way to talk you out of it because that's not you in a safe place. So even though, yeah, you have to get it right, you're going to be in an environment where, in theory, you're able to handle it. Yeah. And then by the time you get to lesson, I don't know, 30, 40, whatever, then you're going on to motorway and you can handle it. So I suppose that in itself is is agile. Um But it's interesting what you were saying there about the difference between mentors and teachers and coaching and stuff, because I'm having a flashback now to to when I worked at McDonald's, which would have been about 15 years ago. I think I was about, I don't know how old it was, but yeah, Um, and I was sort of a crew member, and then they move you up to what they called at the time was a crew trainer. And the idea was that the crew trainers would train the new crew. And it was all based around four things, which was role model, teacher, expert, and coach. And you had to be able to demonstrate these four things. Now, I think role model was essentially very similar to the mentor type thing. Um, but, yeah, looking back now, I thinking God, 10, 15 years ago, McDonald's had this with, with crew members. And yet there's people now that still struggle to adapt to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, completely. And that's, it's also interesting is agile still used as a, As a new term, but it isn't new at all. It's been around a long time. It's just bigger corporations are now starting to pick up. That's quite interesting. What's also interesting is, so uh, the other thing that you can kind of use um, is the success triangle. So I don't know if like this is something that you're familiar with. So success triangle, you can basically go, is the person capable? Are they clear? And are they motivated? So are they clear? So they know what the thing is that you're asking them to do. Are they capable of it? Have they got the right skills and knowledge set in order to be able to do it? And a real key one is motivated. And if you lose one of those elements, you're probably not going to get success for the task at that particular moment. So if I come to a lesson and I'm just like, just not in the mood today, I'm probably not going to be very successful in that lesson. And then similarly, if I've received instruction and I've kind of nodded and gone, yeah, 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 and, and I'm not clear. I'm not going to have success. And then also sort of capability is your point. If you take me to a motorway on lesson one, I could have understood exactly what you could say. And I'm really motivated because I would love to drive on a motorway, but I'm not capable yet because I've never driven over five miles an hour. So that's another nice one to think about is the success triangle.
1: Um, And I, I kind of want to bring it back to sort of the, the instructor side now on the, the business side of it, because one of the, the common routes for instructors is you – you might go to a franchise so you're with a big company and then you step away go by yourself and then from that you might decide to grow your own school where you're taking on instructors so if I was to come to you because this is how my brain works by the way Mm -hmm. I come to you and I'm like solo just me but I want to grow my school yeah and I come to you and say right I want to grow my school what do I do how would you again with having no sort of knowledge I suppose of the business how would you coach me through that process
0: yeah so the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to go right so you need to think of the big let's think of that we need to go quite high level to start with so we need to think of sort of chunks of things that you might put together in order to get from where you are now to where you want to be at point b so that might be you might be even be like I I need a company brand um I need a client base I need to um communicate about that it could even be that you've not even trained yet that you're like i just know i want to do that so it might even be that you need a level of training so we would get and i'm sorry but we probably would get the post-its out and we would put all these these areas that you would identify that would have to come from you so you would identify these areas then what we would do is we would break them down a little bit smaller so In corporate world, we would call these user stories. So that would kind of be this thing of, as a instructor, I need to be able to do this. Or you could just that thing of like, I want to be fully trained. So what do I need to do in order to do that? Well, I need to find the course, I need to book the course, I need to take the course, I need to pass the course to make it sound simplistic. Similarly with branding, I need to design my brand, I need to get that brand out there. That, that kind of thing. But the other thing that we would do, which would really help you in terms because I think the problem with starting any kind of business is not knowing where to dedicate your time. So you kind of go, well, that's fine. I can get a to do list, But what the hell am I supposed to do first and why? So what we would also do is, is we would do something called effort versus value. So what that would look at is in terms of those things that you've got down that you need to do, you would look at the effort involved versus the value that you would get from it. And then what we would do is we would start to prioritise using that. So look at the next week ahead, having a real consideration about the time you've got available and having to think about the effort, pulling some things into your to-do list that is going to give you the value that you need right now. So if you are not trained, you probably want at least a couple of tasks in getting further along the path from being trained. If you're already down there, but you need a brand identity. And then the other thing that we would do as part of that exercise is, do you want to do all of that yourself? Or do you want to sort of look at other ways? Have you got finance that you could bring other people in to do it? Because that's the other thing with overwhelm is people think they have to do everything themselves. But what you can do by taking a step back is go, well, actually, maybe somebody else could do that for me. Or if I get enough success here, I could save up. So. I could eventually get someone to do that for me. And then we would have something that we would call MVP, which is minimum viable product. And that would be this thing of what's the kind of minimum viable way that I could get by. Well, if I come up with a name and I put it, and this is exactly what I did for one of my side hustles, and you'll remember it, is I literally went, I've got a name. I'm going to stick it in a square. That's my logo. Because all I need is the name that I can then put as an image out there and that is like my MVP for now. But in my back pocket is if I get enough money, I will then get somebody to do a proper slick professional job of that. So it's that list of high level stuff, the tasks that sit underneath it, having a real good think about the effort versus the value that you could get, and then really working to prioritize what you do first and then just looking at a weekly basis and um, you know one of my feelings is there's no better way to feel good about yourself than dragging a post-it note over to the corner that you've got marked for done and then being really realistic so if you've not got that much done that week that's fine you look at that week and you go right I don't bring anything new in then you go right what am I bringing this week and it's that kind of getting into that routine of having a night of the week where you go this is what I'm going to get done next week this is what I've got time for and this is the value I'm going to get out of it
1: So we're just taking a slight pause in the show to a thank you for listening really appreciate your support and b just tell you a little bit about the instructor podcast premium now the instructor podcast premium is basically a monthly subscription where you get a whole host of additional content and bonuses so the latest one that's come out was a podcast that i produce called alternative routes where we give you different ways that you can look at your business and different routes we can take rather than the tried and tested ones we can actually play around a little bit. And in the most recent episode, I talk about how you can get the best learners or customers, whatever you want to call them, how you can get the best learners for you. So if you like working with the younger generation or the older generation, or maybe people with anxiety, talk about how you can get the learners that you enjoy working with the most. On top of that, you also get the full-length green room editions when they come out. So when they go publicly, you get about 20 or 30 minutes. You get the whole edition in Instructor Podcast Premium. And the last thing I'm going to mention is you also get a £10 discount off Bob Morton's Client-Centered Learning subscription. So essentially, you sign up to the Instructor Podcast Premium and you get your money back by signing up to Bob Morton's Client-Centered Learning. So go check it out at the theinstructorpodcast.com. But for now, let's crack back on with the show. Yeah, uh, and some interesting points that I want to touch back on because I think that's key. I mentioned before about excuses and I think we're all guilty of this. You mentioned the we can't go running because we have no running shoes. Well, it's like you mentioned about the, the brand there. We, you've got two choices. You can either go get someone like g sabini roberts who's a friend of the show to do your branding um which isn't cheap but obviously a like world-class quality product Mm -hmm. or if you can't afford that right now then you either give up and don't do it or you just do your own and make the best you can and work towards having that i think it's it's really easy as, as business owners and i think we're quick to forget that as instructors we primarily are business owners that it's really easy to ignore stuff because it's it's hard or because we can't afford it rather than just going for like you said the what's it minimum viable product process yeah Yeah. um rather than just doing that i think it's important to do that sometimes but i also want to touch back on something else you said because you mentioned this a few times about overwhelm talk to us about a little about overwhelm and and what it is and how it can impact us and what we can do about it
0: yeah, so I'm really pleased because I had a really lovely story that I was going to use um, to sort of demonstrate this. So overwhelm t- tends to be the thing when things get a little bit too big, it pushes us into taking no action at all because our brain is just going into that there's just too many things to do normally it's because there's too many things to do or the thing at the end feels too big so we just do nothing because it feels safer and our brain feels safer so before I get into like the the little story that I've got um That's another reason Agile is good, because we break it down into smaller things. So it's that thing of you might not feel like you can invest a huge amount of time pulling together an entire brand. But you might just be able to cope with pulling one little ticket over to say, I'll have a look at a logo. I will choose or we can make it smaller. I will choose a font. I will choose the color of my brand and that's where it really helps with overwhelm doing those smaller things and like that sense of achievement. And also what happens is you act, sometimes as well. Overwhelm comes from thinking something takes a lot longer than it does. So again, by breaking stuff down, you kind of can almost chunk activity together, but a really good example. Um, there's a really lovely story and it's called run the dishwasher twice. And it's about, Um, like a fictional story about a woman who's going to therapy and the therapist asks, How are you doing? And she says, I'm not doing so well because I just can't keep up with my dishes. My my dishwasher's really rubbish. They always come out half dirty. So I end up doing themselves. So they're just stacking up because I can't face it because I'm so overwhelmed by the idea of these dishes and they'll never ever be clean and then I haven't got the time to do them. And the therapist um, pauses and he kind of goes, So run the dishwasher twice. And it's that thing of run it twice, run it three times. If that's what you need in order to not have to be overwhelmed by that task, run the dishwasher three times instead. And that's what I kind of apply to that idea about outsourcing. Oh my goodness, I can't cope with the whole idea. I don't know about brands. I'm not a creative person. I don't even know where to start. It took me three years just to come up with a company name. How on earth can I do all that? So take that, move it somewhere else. And like you said, it's probably it's probably not cheap, but if it removes overwhelm then you find a way to sort of be able to afford that and again that's where that prioritization exercise comes in
1: see i think this is massive for driving instructors right now because there's been a bit of a change in the industry recently where we now get we're like officially getting assessed on driving test results which then has a if we're not getting so if our students are getting the results that that we want essentially. We get essentially called in for assessment. It's what they call a standards check, and this is genuinely stressing some people, mm-hmm. um and it's causing some genuine sort of mental health issues out there at the minute. And I think that that's massive for our industries because people will be looking at thinking, right, well, I can't afford to go and pay for this this one on one training that might cost a grand or whatever. I don't know. Well, take a step back, and instead of getting the one on one training. Go to a standard check workshop. It might cost 150 quid, but then if you can't afford that, well, subscribe to the instructor podcast premium for a 10 quid. Where there's mm-hmm. breakdowns of the standard checks on there. You know, whatever it is, you can break it down. Now, even if you can't afford that, there's Facebook groups out there where you can go and ask questions. So you can still go and, and and do stuff. It's taken a step back, and I think that it's important that because we have got this additional pressure, and it is relevant, and I'm speaking to specifically to instructors listening right now, because I look like this. When someone passes, my first thought always used to be, you know, yes, excellent, I'm really chuffed. Now my first thought is how many faults did they get? Because that's one of the things we get assessed on. And it's like there's, an, a, there's a step in there. And we need to try and change that. And that's one of the ways to do it. So like I said, to break it down, I think, right, well, worst case scenario, I can go to these places and get free advice. I can contact these people and get free advice. And I think that that's massive because often when we're in the, the um, when we're in overwhelm, we can't see that simple solution.
0: Yeah. So that's that's right. really powerful to sort of reach out to somebody because then actually if you're having a really good coaching conversation, what can happen is just saying your problem out loud your brain starts ticking over and you'll probably find sometimes you sort of say it and they go, Oh, and I've come up with the answer as I've said it, but I needed to say it out loud to somebody else. And that's kind of like best case scenario. And then what will also probably happen is the person that you've just said it to goes, I feel exactly the same. And then you've kind of like got that kind of connection then. And yeah, the, the power of that, you know, I called it out before. Um, agile what it's what's all about people over process and those kind. of, I think engaging with people because I always think as well with instructors and driving instructors in particular it does sometimes feel more of a hostile kind of industry at times in terms of you've all got your patches and things like that but what I another thing I love about the instructor podcast is it's almost it's taking that away as well it's like yes we're you know, sometimes we might be rivals, but let's actually work together to be better. And that's something that I really love in any kind of thing. Let's put being better first above being rivals. And that's lovely.
1: Yeah. And I think the overwhelm, you know, one little quick thing for me. I had a brilliant one the other day. Uh, I usually do two hour lessons and, and most of my students opt for two hour lessons. And this lasted about five, six lessons in. To get in cars, you were driving for half an hour, we pulled up and and... She went on this massive rant, really like, oh, I just can't walk for two hours, blah, 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 It's just like really sort of a, almost like a tirade. And I went, mm, why don't we do 90 minutes? And <laughs> and she just like everything went and she went, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. And I'm like, that simple solution but and, and to be fair she's she's kind of gone back to two hours now it was just that day she was struggling but it's just interesting that when you're that bogged down like you say with that overwhelm you can't almost can't see the wood for the trees but you mentioned something else and I'm keen to to, to understand this because this is a driving instructor podcast it's primarily aimed at driving instructors but I do have people from outside the industry listening you are clearly one you just mentioned a listener why do you listen to the instructor podcast if you're not a driving instructor
0: Um, because the advice that is given is generally really good sound advice so the um, a couple of the episodes that I was really drawn to um, there was quite a few about well-being and I think that was really really good to listen to and stuff that you can apply and also like because if you break an an instructor driving instructor business down that is essentially the same as starting a business it's just the thing that's in the middle of it is you teach people how to drive but you can kind of sort of lift and shift a lot of the stuff and I'm not going to lie I'm a massive fangirl for G so I was really I was really excited when you put that you got them on and I really wanted to listen to their wisdom and um, fangirl a little bit for them.
1: (laughs) That that was one of the episodes that really kick-started the show. Um <laughs> I want to touch back on a couple of things you've said. Uh you mentioned several times post-it notes. Now <laughs> I've got a little story around post-it notes, but before I come to my story, why are post-it notes so key to everything you do? <laughs>
0: Because we've got to move things. We've got to be able to move things and shuffle them around. And actually, there are digital solutions that you can use. We've got a lot of virtual whiteboards and things like that. So post-its, not great for the environment. I get that. But also you could do this like using like a whiteboard and write things on. But the thing about Agile is it's constantly moving because we're doing smaller things. Things are moving at a faster pace. We have the most basic um, board that we would have. We would literally have to do doing done and what I want to be able to see is that stuff moving through because then I've got a real nice and I'm going to see loads of stuff on the left to start with and it's going to slowly move move over to the right and it's it's as simple as that for me it's a really easy way to get a visual thing but also you can move a post-it note around a wall really easily and it's in my organisation, there is a joke that they can they can spot the Scrum Masters or the people that used to be Scrum Masters a mile off because we all have walls and they're all covered in Post-it notes.
1: But why Post-it notes over anything else? Why Post-it notes over, like, a notepad and pen, over the digital version? Why, why does that make the difference?
0: I need it on a wall, Terry. I, that I can't, like, so for me, the... Um The big thing for me, and I talk about this about, um, so I'm a massive fan of vision boards. Now my vision board is a great big notice board that sits on my desk and I can't, because I can't avoid it. So anytime I'm having a down day when I'm working, there is something on my vision board that will remind me it's because of this that you're doing this or, you know, um, there's like someone that's inspirational to me that or an inspirational quote and it's exactly the same for me with post-it notes on a wall I can shut a notebook, I can lock my phone I cannot go into an application and I can avoid stuff. I cannot avoid my post-its because they are on a wall I cannot avoid them they are there and actually the idea behind them from a more corporate setting and using agile was you supposed to put them where the whole team can see it so you put it in a space in an office where people can see it, and they can go up to and they can interact with that board themselves they can move something that they've done so you constantly are aware of what not just your progress is but other people's progress as well but yeah you can't hide from the post-it notes
1: um Instructor podcast exclusive here in that I've never admitted this before, but uh, (laughs) Emma has indeed managed to convert me to being a bit of a post-it note nut. And... (laughs) it sounds silly right when i say it it still sounds silly when i talk about this stuff because it why can't i just use a book why can't i write down but here's where i find it useful like for me i've got a lot of projects on the minute so it's not just a driving school it's an instructor podcast it's a five minute fairy podcast it's not a secret project that's going on it's an instructor podcast premium it's the website it's all of this stuff if i write it down in a book or even on like my diary app, because I uh, those that listen know that I use GoRoddy Pro, a little plug for GoRoddy Um, I can put the events on there. Well, I put my phone down, I close the book. Where I've got my post-it notes, they're all on my door for the office, so I see them all the time. And I think what it, the other thing it helps, it helps me learn what I can actually do. So when I've got a day that I'm doing eight hours worth of driving lessons, I've learned now just through doing it that there's no point putting post-it notes on that day. I'll just put the post-it notes on for the lessons, nothing else, because nothing else is getting done. Whereas before, I'll just do this long list of everything I need to do that day. But I just find it, it just breaks it down. It makes it more visual. It makes it easier. So if you are listening, well, first of all, get in touch with Emma because she just tells you how to do it properly, not like my waffle, but also give it a go. Start doing post-it notes rather than writing in the book. It makes a difference. But you also mentioned there vision boards. Now, this is something I'm keen to ask you about because it's. This is I've still got to get my head around this. this doesn't comprehend for me vision boards what are they why are they useful why should a driving instructor use them
0: right so vision boards are actually really good for overwhelm because if you put a vision board together normally you would put it together with some great big goal or aspiration and when I say great big goal I mean like I want to move house I want my dream job um, my, I'm quite happy to share this, you know, my five-year plan and my massive goal that I want to do is I want to become a public speaker. That's what I want to do. And I'm taking steps Towards that. So my vision board is all geared towards um becoming that. My vision board is also about coming out of a marriage and rediscovery. And what it gives you is a space to either put up what makes you you or put things on there that are going to kick your ass a little bit when you need it around remembering the bigger picture with a goal that you've got. So on my vision board, I've got like a nice um corner which is all inspirational ladies and there's people like that on um, there's like Ruby Wax, Sarah Cox and things like that but essentially what I found when I put those people on thought about why are they my heroes is because they are unashamedly themselves and that was something I was really struggling with and if I'm going to do this goal of being a public speaker I've got to be myself I've got to be authentic so I've kind of got that but then I've got my inspirational quotes like I said and they're just kind of things like and another really one, I've got one specifically for overwhelm, which is like start, start, even if it's messy, start if it doesn't look good, but start. And that is the other key. So, yeah, they're supposed to be a daily reminder and then should be visual and it should be somewhere you will see it every day, which is why mine is up on my desk to remind you about a goal that you've got and why you're doing it.
1: So. My goal for next year, one of my big goals is I want to get down so that I'm working sort of 10 to 16 hours a week uh, yeah. on driving lessons. That, that's my goal. So I can put my energy and infusion into other areas as well. How could I make a vision board if that's my goal? What can I? How can I do that?
0: So for me, the thing that springs into mind straight away with that is what are you going to do with your time otherwise? Find a visual representation of that and get that up there because every time you kind of find yourself saying yes, you'll have a little reminder of what you're missing out on doing because you've not kept to that goal so if that's something like I want to take I want to go on more walks with the dog get a picture of your dog up there because it's that it's that thing and I have a similar thing for I really have to be a, a, a good saver at the minute I want to buy a house so I've got a picture of a house and my little boy time I might want to go off and be a bit impulsive and buy so I go no keep it in the bank because the bigger picture is a place just for me and my boy. And that's our kind of future. So, definitely, what is it you want to do? Why do you want to do that? Get behind the goal. Sometimes it's not enough to just have the goal. You've got to know the why. They sort of say a picture is worth a thousand words, but they are really powerful to sort. Of, and, it, and it's like a glance, isn't it? Right. That's why I'm doing this.
1: And I think, like you said, getting behind the goal there actually makes you realize if that's the correct goal. Because one thing I realized was, When I become an instructor, I had this idea of, right, well, I'll go with a franchise and I'll go by myself and I'll grow my own driving school. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I started doing it until I realised I don't actually want my own driving school over instructors. There's nothing against anyone that does, but that's not what I want. I was doing that because that was the well-trodden path. It's what you did. And it was only when I started writing down why that was my goal that I realised, oh, crap, it's not actually my goal. It's just something I'm doing. And then that essentially is what gave birth to the instructor podcast. Going from that, making that change. This is how I want to develop and grow. But I think it's probably going to take a, a little bit more time before I fully commit to a vision board. I think that's the next step on that agenda.
0: That's fine, and they are they are a bit marmite. They do they do sort of split rooms a little bit. But the thing that I'm going to say is like Terry, you're just so incredibly agile because that's the idea of agile. So it, I think I spoke about waterfall which is an old old term for old project management, which is great big deliveries um, and we deliver all or nothing, basically. The thing about Agile is because we're incremental, we're lowering the risk of not delivering all of it. So we acknowledge that we might get so far, but then we change our mind because the world changes. And a really good example of this is like two years ago, we would have said it it was impossible to sort of do full-time home working. And then COVID hit, and look at us how many of us are now doing full-time homework and so that ability to be able to I've got to use the word again pivot change and react to like at what we want being able to do that is so freeing as an individual and yeah you might have a big goal you get halfway along then you go no this isn't quite right and that's absolutely fine because you're allowed to change your mind
1: that's massive as well. I think people, they set those goals. Every, even if it's learning to drive, you know, I think, is it the, the call some cost fallacy, you know, where you get so far in and then you're reluctant mm. to come out? And I've had that with, because I teach manual. So I've had that before where I, you get so far in and I'm thinking, you probably want to go automatic. You're genuinely struggling here. And we've spoke about it and they're reluctant because they've mm. set this goal. I'm like, well, just do this. It's easier. Potentially, oh. well, not easy, you know what I mean?
0: Actually, yes. Yeah, so I had to go, I went through that journey. So I've mentioned I'm a learner driver, but I've got extreme problems with anxiety around learning to drive. And what's happened is I have to learn to drive. I'm a single mum, and I would really like to be mobile for my son. So I might put a picture of that on my vision board connected to driving. But what I had to do was I had to put the goal. I want to learn to drive. I removed the need to drive a manual car and replaced it with automatic, which I can get my head around, I still achieve the goal that I can drive.
1: Yeah. And actually, I I, I know that one of the things uh, that helped you or influence you slightly was an earlier episode of the show where I spoke to Rob Cooling um mm-hmm. and it was listening to him and his approach that i think actually helped you a little bit with that so yeah, uh, yeah. shout out to rob cooling <laughs> end of the show i want to take a slight detour in what we're talking about now we can always come back potentially but i want because you're not just you're not just little miss agile are you but you're so much more than that what yeah. what else are you
0: what else am i i'm a, um i'm your annoying co-host <laughs> Of another podcast is that where you were going with
1: this that's where I was going you're, <laughs> you're a world famous podcaster and I've,
0: I've been well behaved on this as well you've
1: been really good and then as soon as we start talking about this <laughs> your face just changes, and you just start laughing <laughs> what what is this podcast you're referring to
0: this podcast it's the best podcast um bar none apologies say that on another podcast how <laughs> cheeky am I um but fortunately it's one that we co-own so uh yeah it's Decapod which is a podcast about decades not crustaceans looking at a different decade in each year in turn and we've just done the 90s and so we've gone right through from 1990 to 99 it's quite a fruity um episode which will probably have been published by the time this goes out but um quite a fruity episode coming up where we battle for our favorite sort of music film and tv for the whole decade and what's been most interesting to me is people definitely go and listen to it guys listen to how nice we are to each other on episode 1991 and what's amazing is the the more we do the sort of more we fall out and the ones where we fall out are the best episodes
1: yeah i mean i'm just going to put a slight caveat in there that uh if you listen to this podcast and you listen to this podcast regular and you like the nice gentle tone and the <laughs> subtle playfulness maybe don't listen to the deck Deca podcast because not
0: suitable for work
1: yes it's very different to what this is um but it's great fun uh and it you know, we, I first came across you from your previous podcast, which was um, Crazy X Club, mm-hmm. which people should still check out. It's still out there. But uh, we then decided we got on quite well and we released this podcast. And I, I think that, that almost goes back to what we've been speaking about earlier in that you never know what's coming up. You never know what changes are going to come. You don't have to have this this rigid railroad kind of structured plan. You can just have an idea of where you want to go. It doesn't matter how you get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, completely. That's another good thing. I could have had it fixed in my head, and so could have you, I guess, was like, I only want to do a podcast that's mine. And we both kind of surrendered a certain amount of like authority, I guess, by saying, yeah, we're going to collaborate on this. And we both, I think, really enjoyed it. Maybe like enjoyed that kind of collaboration part that we were both a little bit nervous of because we used to just doing the shows our way. But I think we found a really kind of good dynamic and, uh, yeah, it, it has just been so much fun. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to whatever decade we go to next.
1: Yeah, and, and I will just say, yes, we have both given up a certain amount of control, but but one of us, i.e. me, has definitely had to give up more than the other. Um, either way. Um, but no, I actually think that's quite a relevant point in that, you know, as an industry, you mentioned before it's almost your impression was that it's quite territorial. You know, you've got your own areas and, and stuff like that, and, and it can be. You know, it's real defensive in certain ways. You know, I'm I'm over here and I'm over here, not just in in areas, but in the types of things you might teach or the the, the course you might publish. And I think one of the things I'm trying to do on this show massively is promote people. You know, you hear me on this podcast talking about over instructor podcasts and other courses. I mentioned Go Roadie before. You know, all this stuff, This half of this stuff takes people away from me potentially, but I think we can come together more as an industry. So, you know, if you're listening, do what me and Emma did and just form a random team up and do something fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: but don't you just, uh, we've both kind of said as well, I was really clear on one of my things when I came out of my marriage was I want to do, so I want to find a hobby that brings me, sparks me joy that I'm really passionate about and I love doing. And I've got that through podcasting. So, oh, you'll never get a sweet moment like this on one of our actual episodes. So you might want to clip this. Yeah,
1: no insults, swearing and animals. Um. <laughs> um you'll have to listen to deck to find out all of those references um okay cool so we are going to start wrapping up this now but there's one thing i want to specifically touch back on or touch on for the first time even it's it's the mountain i want you to explain it because i try and explain to people all the time and i fail miserably and i can't remember what it's called so i'm just going to throw it over to you and hope that you know what i mean by this
0: Yes, I do. So, um, we've had conversations before about the, the kind of the idea behind this podcast and sort of, um, promoting certain ideas. And I sort of said, you need to sort of think about taking people on the journey, like taking them over the mountain. And I think we drew a sort of show, which is like a triangle mountain. Now the idea with it is, is that your message is the journey of getting people to go over the mountain. Now, what will happen is when you take the message out to the people, you so you'll say it, and some people they'll literally need to hear it once, and over that mountain they will go. Some people then they will loiter a little bit. And this is like kind of where you need to sort of come in, where you you kind of need to sit at the, the base of the mountain and you need to maybe say it a few times. And those people, once they've heard it, if you say, oh, I get what you're saying, and they go over. And then what happens is, which is quite a nice powerful thing, is sometimes when people get to the top of the mountain, they shout down and they go, it's all right up here. And then what you're doing is your message Is then so powerful that other people start shouting it for you. But what you also have to remember, what you have to be wary of, there are people stood a well away from the mountain. They won't even look at the mountain, but they'll go and tell other people, don't go climb over that mountain. And you will always have those sort of three pockets of people, the people that go over without almost without question people that need a little bit of persuasion and that's where you should dedicate your time to and then also the people that love being at the mountain so much that they tell other people to come join them but impossible to get everybody to climb the mountain with you and acknowledge that those people are there but certainly don't waste too much energy on them but just keep your eye on them I don't know how succinct that was I'm happy to provide um, a diagram that you could put up on the website or something
1: when I promote this show, I will allow you to go and do like your own little drawn diagram that you do and <laughs> just in comments. But no, it, it was beautifully put and then explained it better than I could, but I think it's massively relevant and and to everything because I'll use this podcast as an example. When I first put it out there, I went, did the first episode and went and shouted in a few Facebook groups and said, Here's a podcast, come and listen. And there were like 20 people that, that climbed over the mountain and, and listened. But I could have stopped shouting then and just add 20 people, but I didn't. I kept shouting. And as I shout more more and more, people heard me talking about this podcast and they come and listen. And then the other thing, like you said, the people that were listening are like, oh, this is really good over here. I'm going to go and tell these people as well. Because it's not necessarily just that people aren't liking what you're saying. It's like you said, the people that far away, they're not hearing what you're saying. Mm. And I think this isn't just applicable to um, the podcast and it's applicable to your driving school. So you might be trying to get a certain type of customer in and it, you're not getting as many as you want. Well, it's probably because enough people haven't heard you or enough people are shouting back to their friends or maybe you're just not being persuasive enough or even on driving lessons, even when it's one-on-one I've got to convince that person next to me, that 17 year old, my role is to convince them that they don't just have to drive this way on the test. They have to drive this way for life. Mm. So I'm trying to work on that one person and just edge them more and more closer every day to that mountain to get them over. Cause that's something I see all the time. actually I'm, I'll be interested to hear our opinion on this. Something I see all the time on, on, on Facebook is instructors saying, what's the point in coaching? What's the point in trying this method or this method? Because they drive out the want when they're passed anyway. Well, you haven't got those people over that mountain.
0: Yeah. So that would be my absolute point is if you've been a good coach, they absolutely will because the message will land and that they'll want to be. So um, another, like one of the things I like about your style is, and it, this comes out in five minute theory, choose the safest option. And that's another thing where I just, and that's like, that's me over the mountain. And about wanting to learn to drive. I need to, I need to just choose the safest option. And actually I want to learn to be a safe driver rather than just learn to drive. And genuinely, if somebody came at me with that, I would be like, right, I definitely want to sign up with that person because they want to teach me to be a safe driver, but don't want to teach me to pass a test. They want to teach me to be safe on the roads because one of my biggest anxieties is roads are dangerous places and there is certainly no place for me on them. So that kind of increasing my safety. So, yeah, if you've been a good coach, you've sold that message. No, they won't just do what they want when they learn to drive because you'll have built up this connection with them that they'll want to do well afterwards.
1: Yeah, and a and, uh, friend of the show, Chris Benners, as, as yeah. you elegantly refer to him. <laughs> um i'll see him offer advice i'll see learners say bernie tips my test his advice is always the same two things and it always resonates with me which is be predictable and don't hit stuff yeah i'm like well that's driving make yourself obvious and don't crash into stuff and yes there's more technical stuff like that but if you can drive if you can control a car just apply them to processes and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we overcomplicate stuff and I think that that's where that coaching comes in because if we can coach people to just be predictable and safe, then that's a good thing.
0: Um, Sorry, I also think as well, just bringing in that, what I also like about a lot of the people in your community is they get that driving isn't just an easy thing that anxiety about driving is real because I've spoke to you before about an experience I had but the driving instructor just didn't seem to understand how anxious the process of learning to drive was making me. And actually that's why I ended up quitting lessons a few years ago. So it's also, if you've been a good coach and really understood that, then I think that's the other thing that gets people climbing over a mountain with you because they felt like you're there. So that's the other thing about that whole mountain analogy. If you're kind of almost holding my bag for me, because I need a bit more support, I need to be able to look at my feet, whatever. That also helps.
1: All right, so that kind of brings us to the end of the show. So I'm going to finish up by, first of all, asking you for your book recommendation. What what book are you going to recommend that we go away and read?
0: Right, so the book that I've chosen, and I think it works really well, even in that kind of learning to drive kind of theme that the show's got. So I've chosen Believe by Eddie Izzard. And there is actually a documentary as well of the same name, but Believe is an amazing autobiography. Um she talks about the early days of stand up and trying stuff to people that just fell dead. And it's amazing because I, I just think the epitome of great comedy is Eddie Izzard. And to hear about failure after failure after failure. And they just was like, no, I believe this is good. I believe in myself. I believe I can do this now. One of the most successful comedians in the world many world tours done comedy shows in different languages all down to this thing that they had belief in themselves so that that book is amazing the documentary that goes with it is also amazing but i'm not gonna lie i cried a lot um experienced both of them
1: good choice i'll add that to the list um okay so do you want to take a minute to tell people where they can find you promote anything you want to promote
0: yeah so I'll pretty much just promote Decapod because like that's my that's my shiny objects that I love most in the world um so yeah Decapod we've got a Facebook group we've got a Facebook page obviously find us everywhere that you um subscribe to to podcasts we're looking at setting up on Patreon soon so that's a bit of a I don't know if we've said that publicly anywhere before today, but let's just say it. Then we have to commit to it. Um, So like exclusive content that people can get from that. Um, I am available as an agile coach. Uh, I kind of do power hour sessions. So if you wanted to talk to me about just general agile concept or something that you want to agilize. Seriously, guys, I could do anything from housework to corporate change to getting down and dirty with somebody I, i've got agile methods for all of those genuinely uh so yeah and that's you can find me on um on facebook um little miss agile so brand new it hasn't got its own space yet so just find me on the socials emma morgan a
1: couple of points yeah <laughs> um Agile coaching to get down and dirty with somebody. Are you going to come back and do a Patreon special episode with me on how to get down and dirty with someone who's in agile coaching?
0: Absolutely. It's all about prioritising the backlog.
1: Brilliant. Uh, be sure to check out the Instructor Podcast for a premium <laughs> for that one. Um, also, if you want a little snippet into the dynamic of Decapod, obviously this isn't the ideal snippet you could get. However... Just rewind back two minutes and listen to how Ellen Morgan decided to tell everyone that we're doing a Patreon without, you know, checking first <laughs> or saying that this we should promote it now or anything like that. Yeah, that's essentially the dynamic of the show. <laughs> there, there is no rules. There, we'll discuss everything beforehand and then it all just goes out of the window. But yes, uh, if if people did want to find you to get some agile coaching on how to get down dirty, I'll do housework or create a business or run a podcast or anything like that. What's the best way for them to contact you?
0: Yeah. So probably just find me on social medias, um Emma Morgan. Uh, if you if you know Terry, you can kind of get to me via Terry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just gonna get that information by secretary. Amazing. Oh, can I also just do a little shout out that um I have TikTok? Am I allowed to am I allowed to sort of promote that? Because it's just a silly Uh, thing that i do but i'm loving it so if you if you're into tiktok um at crazy x come and find me
1: again you ask if you can promote it (laughs) don't wait for an answer and then promote it which is brilliant also secretary how good is that that's a new one um uh, yes, you're, you're more than welcome to promote. Um, also, you can find Emma on uh, the Instructor Podcast Group. So if you do join the Instructor Podcast Group, um, Emma is available over there. Uh, oh, yeah. I would,
0: oh, sorry. I would say I get a little bit nervy about random friend requests. So definitely message me as opposed to friend requests just because I'm just a bit funny about personal um, Facebook stuff. It's just I'm not being avoidant if I don't add.
1: She still not accepted me yet, so there you go. <laughs> Um, And on that note, uh, really appreciate you joining us and giving us some some wonderful words of wisdom today. Thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. So a big thank you to Emma Morgan for joining me. Um, Genuinely one of what has become one of my best friends and podcast buddies. And uh, if you haven't checked out, go check out Decapod as we spoke about there because it's... Obviously, I'm a big fan of this show. It's mine, but Decapod is the greatest podcast in the world. Go check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes or type in Decapod. It's easy enough to find. But yeah, there's some real interesting stuff there. Agile coaching isn't necessarily something you would immediately associate with being a driving instructor. But as you saw through the episode, there's so many connections. We can use it with everything, whether it's breaking down lessons or breaking down the theory test or breaking down how you want to grow your business or your podcast or your driving school, whatever it is. There's so many different ways we can look at it. It's a mindset as well. So, yeah, be sure to go uh, check out Emma on the social links provided. and, um, And yeah, you can learn a lot from that. As I mentioned at the start of the show as well, make sure you head over to the instructorpodcast.com. I'd really, really appreciate if you fill in the polls over there, all four of them. And that's going to help let me know what to do when we get to season three. And then just to tag onto that, at the bottom of that page, there is a comment section so you're more than welcome to give me some feedback let me know the types of shows that you like let me know the types of shows you'd like me to do going forward we've still got plenty left this season but i really really want to start concentrating as well on season three and getting that as good and as applicable to what you guys want as possible so as always really appreciate your listening and take care
0: the instructor podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts, and in game changers about what drives them. Okay,
1: so well done for being a wonderful listener and staying about till the end of the show so you can hear the seven quick fire questions I will be asking the mighty Emma Morgan. Are you ready, Emma? Ready. Okay, first question dog or cat? Cat. Oh, I did not know that of you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother going, checking out Decapod. It's not going to be lasting. Uh, what's your favourite book of all time?
0: Um, my favourite book of all time? Um, Do Android Stream of Electric Sheep, which is the novel that Blade Runner is based on.
1: Would you ever consider going vegan? Yes. What is your favourite film of all time? Blade Runner. I know you're not, if you were. How would you refer to your, if you're a driving instructor, how would you refer to your learners? Would it be learners, students, customers, clients, pupils? Coaches. Coaches. What's your proudest achievement in life?
0: Um Surviving, coming out of my marriage.
1: And give me one goal you want to achieve, a uh, remainder of your time.
0: Remainder of my time is I, I want to be famous, a famous motivational speaker, genuinely.
1: And then one bonus one, is misery a horror?
0: No, it is not. It is a thriller.
1: Oh, well. Well, thank you for sending (laughs) it out for the final seven quick five questions and giving us even more of your ever-precious time.
0: Welcome.